The uh, question which we'll discuss today, which is on the list still, on a few questions which are left, is a question, I can't read Hebrew, can I daven or pray in English? So the, um, the short answer is yes. Most definitely one is allowed to pray in English because as we said before, that the, the most important aspect of prayer is connecting oneself to Hashem, kavona, the intention. It's, more, it's uh, much more important than just saying words. There's nothing more important in prayer than the um, understanding and uh, connecting to what we're saying, connecting to Hashem through davening. Another uh, word for tefillah comes from, from the word connection. It's not just asking Hashem, but also connecting to Hashem. And um, over here we have an interesting balance. On one hand, it is true that the holy tongue is the most conducive to connecting to Hashem because it has certain nuances. No translation can actually uh, depict, apart from the fact that the energy of the Jewish words is already on a, on a Kabbalistic level. Obviously, it's a something to aspire to. So, on one hand, if one were to be asked if a person can achieve a level that he could study Hebrew and he could pray in Hebrew, uh, there's no question it's better because Hebrew is Loshna Kodesh, Kishmei Kenhu. The way the name describes it, it's the holy tongue. And at the same time, nevertheless, we still know that um, um, the kavana, the intention, and the feeling of uh, both intellectual, intellectual and emotional connection the person has and, and, and the thoughts connected to one's intellect and emotion are, of course, the most important. So how does one balance it out? First of all, again, if one prays in English, it's uh, definitely something which is all right. It's, 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 it's okay. But one can take, just like we study Torah, we study the Mishnah, we study the laws, one can also take a certain time uh, in his day or in his week where he can study the meaning of the words, try to learn how to read Hebrew, if one can read Hebrew, and try to understand those parts. It says in Hayyam Yayim that the Rabbeim, actually when, they, when the children were very young, they would have a part of the syllabus, the curriculum that the teachers would teach them, was pure shabilis to understand what, what they pray. So one can slowly add to it. You can study, for example, the Shema and learn how to say Shema in Hebrew to understand what it means, and so on and so forth. And uh, one can grow in that, but it's no question that, that ultimately, uh, and I want to uh, finish off with a story. When I was a uh, student in 770, there was a gentleman that we used to see around, I'm a good thing, I'm sure he remembers him also. His name, he, we used to know him as a coach. We didn't know his name. Later I found out his name was Abe Zachs. But that's something which we found out much later. We used to call him the coach. He was a very tall fellow. Uh, he used to come sometimes dressed in a straw hat, very athletic looking. And uh, he obviously... He was coach of the, of the, what's it called? The Howland Globetrotters. Huh? The famous Howland Globetrotters. He was coach of the Howland Globetrotters. Okay, that I didn't know. He, he was uh, a basketball team. He used to come to Fabregas during the week, and um, the Rebbe actually told the secretaries to inform him when there's a Fabregas during the week. He used to also come in a lot of times, with, he would stand in a corridor when the Rebbe would, 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 or he would dive in with the Rebbe in a small shul, or he would stand in the corridor when the Rebbe would walk out and um, uh, walk from his office to a daven. He, he was a very, very, uh, what you call it, a broken mensch. He was very broken up. There was a lot of personal tzoros, 
and somehow, somehow he discovered the Rebbe. He, he, was, he wasn't an educated Jew, he never studied. But the Rebbe, uh, he connected to the Rebbe, and the Rebbe was able to give him the, the, the uh, support that he needs, and sometimes just exchanging a few small words. One of the very colorful uh, ways that the Rebbe used to support him, he used to stand by, um, uh, by Fabrengs, or Shebracha, for example, and he used to compete almost like he used to wave with his hands very, very quickly, and the Rebbe, and the Rebbe used to, sometimes used to also go like this, and uh, he used to almost, was almost like the Rebbe was supporting him in that particular expression of his ecstasy during the, uh, during the, the Hasidic gatherings. Um, one time, he, it, it, over the years, he told a few stories to, to the Bochrim, to some Hasidim. He was very close with my wife's first cousin, and he used to stay over in his house uh, during Yom Tovim sometimes to, to be in Shul for Yom Tov. And uh, very interesting things happened to him, which I might tell another time during the Fabringen. But one time he says that he came home and he started to, he got this Siddur to Elas Hashem and he would pray in English. And uh, he started to say Shema before going to sleep. And as he was saying, you know, generally, he, he, like I said before, he had many, many tzoros, many problems in his life. And he was a, he used to become very emotional. So at one point, he, he was saying the Shema, and he started to think to himself, you know, I'm, I'm 60 years old, and I don't know how to read. You know, what have I achieved in my life? And he started to, to, to get more and more emotional, until he started to really to, to cry, and he started to sob, and, and, and that's how he went to sleep. And the following day, when he came to 770, and he stood at the uh, corridor, when the Rebbe was coming out from Midrach, so the Rebbe, said, uh, God understands all languages, English also. And the Rebbe told him, they, they went by. But that was, uh, and then a, a little bit later, there was a very unusual story that happened. The story that happened was that when, in those years, the Rebbe would pray Mincha Mariv with a minion, talking about 1980, it was end of 1983, I believe, between Hanukkah and and um, between Yudas Kislev and Hanukkah. And the Rebbe would come down, and like I said many times, you could synchronize every movement, was very deliberate, very exact. And at the end, when Davani finished, the Rebbe would face a certain direction where he would be standing, and they would say, Las Kaddish, and his lips would be moving. As soon as the Kaddish was over, the Rebbe already had his closed, walk out, look at the mezuzah, and go back to his office. This was one exception that I've never, I don't believe there was any time, any precedent to what happened. Um, after last Kaddish, the Rebbe remained standing, looking into like almost into space, in, one, in some direction. His lips were moving, and he wasn't leaving. And there was a packed room because a lot of guests came for Yitzhak Kislev, Hanukkah, and the people started to almost, it was quiet, you could hear a pin drop. But the Bachram started like to stand on chairs as he was going on, and nothing was happening. They were just standing, and his lips were moving, and he continued to... Uh, to stand, and it took probably close to seven, eight minutes that I was stood like that, which was really, really unprecedented. And the Rebbe just walked away. And when I started to uh, see what happened, the coach, Abe Zaks, he just learned how to pray in, in Hebrew, and he was saying Shmoneh, so it took him a long time to say it. And the Rebbe was waiting for him to finish, so to speak, as if like to give him a bit of chizuk, uh, a bit of uh, strength. And when he finished Shmoneh, so that's when the Rebbe walked away. But uh, you see from the story that uh, there was a God Almighty understands all languages, English also. There was the Rebbe's exact words that the Rebbe said.